Welcome to this shifting moment. This is a podcast in which we're seeking a profound shift in the way that we react to things. We do that through weekly discussions and twice weekly readings and responses from some of the great thinkers and spiritual writers. And my name is Richard, and I'm a spiritual coach and a mindfulness teacher with over 20 years of experience in treatment and private practice. And my name is Josh, and I'm an ordained pastor and a writer with a history of directing spiritual communities. We want you to be a part of everything that we do. We look forward to hearing your thoughts and suggestions. Please contact us at 424-341-3860 and follow us on This Shifting Moment on Instagram and Facebook. One of the things that uh, I was thinking about today, and in fact, it just kind of hit my head, it hit my mind a, little, a few minutes ago, and it, you know, um, we got a lot of stuff going on in the world today, you know, and I think, you know, we we are in, uh, we are this shifting moment. That's kind of really what it's all about, and um, I think um, one of the ways for me that has helped me to be able to navigate, and I'm, I'm certainly not saying that I do it perfectly. But um, I try to stay up on everything. I have a busy work life. And, you know, it, it really, you know, one of the things that I have focused on is, is to always be learning. Um, always be learning. I mean, educate myself, read books, find out how other people would handle stuff, you know. Look at some of the great men and with women in difficult times and, and how they carried themselves and what, what they did and and for me, I think um, learning from the great wisdom teachers, like we do on the Monday and Wednesday readings, uh, I, you know, I really encourage people to listen to those. I think they're they're really really powerful. I mean, some of them may hit you better than others, but um, they're there for a reason, and I think they're a real big part of of our legacy a, as people in the world today. You know. The, these are the great people that have walked before us, that have had experiences that they've um, been willing to write about or, or explore or to acknowledge. And they were passed, this is wisdom that was passed down from to them, uh, from people that go before them. And so one of the great things I think we can do is to, is to honor that wisdom. It will always give us perspective on our life today and the world today. Because the world is in a, is in a unique situation, but the world's been in unique situations before many many times, and um, and I think the best thing that we can do, and one of the things that I, I see that people aren't doing, is learning from their past, learning from what happened before, and they just go out as though this has never happened before, and this is absolutely unique, and I don't have any, I I am alone and. I got to figure this all this shit out on my own and there's no there's nothing to tap into that might help me gain insight. And th that's to me I think that's incorrect. You know, I think it's our responsibility to go out and find some of the literature that might be helpful to us. It doesn't mean we always have to take an action. Uh sometimes it means we just have to educate ourselves and be willing to learn from uh people that have walked before us. 
you know, people that you admire. And it doesn't have to be who I admire or who you admire, Josh. It's like anybody that you feel has walked a path that has integrity for you, that spoke with honesty and clarity, uh, go check them out, you know, go check them out. And maybe, maybe imagine what they would have said or what they would have done so many times. I mean, there's a woman that I work with, um, and, uh, she might be listening to this podcast, so I don't, I don't think she would really mind, but there's a woman and, uh, you know, we, we talk about, I do a lot of the values work and who would you like to embody? And, and one of her values was grace, uh, you know, to be somebody who lived with great grace. And, and I mentioned to her and I mentioned, oh, like Grace Kelly. And I don't know if everybody knows who Grace Kelly is. And she looked at me and she goes, oh, my God, exactly. And so a lot of our sessions when she's going through difficult times, uh, I'll just remind her, it's like, mm. what would Grace mm. Kelly do? That's a really good point in terms of like having having heroes, having role models, having models, right? Like these people that we can mm -hmm. emulate because honestly, I, that's how we learn to talk. That's how we learn to walk. We're just copying and pasting <laughs> and then something, you know, uh, original may pop in, but originality is just really kind of like a combination of ingredients that are already sitting in front of you. There's no such thing as a completely new yeah. idea or thought or especially in the spiritual case, all we're doing, and I love like uh, John O'Donohue's uh, definition of spirituality is the art of homecoming, meaning just like like it's just all coming mm -hmm. home to ourselves. So what's what's originally there, <laughs> and how do we get back to that? That's what it. Not like how do I create something new for myself that's brand new? That's all this. That's that. That's that. Which is a lot of what our the world around us kind of wants us to do culture just wants the new hot thing and leave it all behind everything's disposable all that kind of stuff but like the the true nature of spirituality is what was originally good and how can i get back there like there's a there's a jewish word called teshuva which just literally means turn around towards what's mm -hmm. always been there that's the whole point and that gets you know translated exactly. into repentance or all these ugly religious words that we have but the the real heart of it is just coming back to what's been there all along and i think a really good role model or or those people that we found like they're not i used to think that people could hit this other echelon of like spirituality or something i didn't have and i would encounter these people that were like seemed to be richard's one of them <laughs> seemed to be humming on a different level where i just i would always be so jealous of that and I'd be like where are they getting that from and i began to realize now in sobriety a little bit of time under my belt it's it's just that these like and you're included in this, Richard, it's just that the people I know who are like that are really at home with themselves. They're not they're not anxious about right. other things. They're not tr grasping at other things. They're not trying to be something that they're not. All they are is completely comfortable with what's inside of them and, and what's driving them. And they're, and they're at home, you know, and I think that's a it's a huge piece of that. <laughs> and that's a huge piece. And I don't know. I don't know if I. I don't know if I'm always comfortable with I, what's going on inside, but I, I, think, I, do, I, think, I do my best. I think you always, you always bring up the Dalai best. Lama, right? The but Dalai it, Lama you know, always has to get up and do these these practices and engage in these things to to get back to square yeah, one, I mean, right? Yeah. This, this, yeah. The thing about it is, is you find if, if we we have this idea that these people that have that emulate the, this this wisdom and this sense of. Um, integrity and, and 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 all the qualities that we aspire to we think that 
they, you know, they, they're some realized being that they're awakened and that, no, they have to get up and work on it. You know, it, it takes work for them. And I can tell you that um, in studying some of the great spiritual masters, they're always reading other spiritual stuff by other spiritual masters, and they're helping to develop their own framework. They may not always agree with everything that they read, and they bring their own perspective into it, but they certainly borrow from uh, some of the great thinkers, you know, and masters. And, and I think, you know, when, when we do that, it gives us some grounding. A lot of the, a lot of the great wisdom thinkers would tell us that in doing spiritual work, we're not really learning anything. It's really more about unlearning. Mm. Mm. I love that. I also love that idea of like the, the really, you know, high up <laughs> guru level people that are always still, they're still searching. And I love, I love the idea that we as human beings have the ability to like take from different streams and pull together. We, Chelsea, my wife and I just, just moved. So we're in this new place and I've been struck with like how we, we, we're, uh, my brain is fully on like furniture and getting new furniture and getting things that fit. We moved in here and we realized everything we have is too big for this new. <laughs> so we're like having to shed things and everything. But I realized like what's so fun about creating your home. And again, that's like kind of comes back to that idea of home is, is that uh, I'm, I'm not going to go to just one store and go buy everything that I need in one place. One, a lot of people just don't have the budget to do that all at once. Two, it's not as it's not as meaningful, right? I want to go to these different places and fill my home with art and and pieces and furniture and practical things that like mean something to me that resonate with me. And so as I do that, I'm going out into the world and I'm taking things other people built and I'm putting them in my home and I'm making them work for me. And I think that's exactly what the spiritual life is at points. It's just going out and saying, oh man, you know, I've never been to Thich Nhat Hanh, which may be like restoration hardware, <laughs> right? And I can go to Thich Nhat Hanh and I can read and I can pull from that and I can say, wow, this reading really grabs me. I'm going to take that and I'm going to hold it for myself and I can continue to hold it for myself. And then I just kind of grow that. And that's what I love so much about your uh, sort of ethos with the readings is that we're just, you're grabbing things that you know may be meaningful for other people Right, and it's right. such a it's such a great thing for us to all be able to benefit from because those readings are now in this podcast and you can go back and you can pull those for yourself. <laughs> uh, and we they're there for they're there for perpetuity, yeah. and I I hope I've represented them well because sometimes they are a little bit edited. But you know, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and she said, "Wow, I've always loved to read. I really envied the fact that you read a lot." And she said, "I I wish I could get there." And I go, "Well, you can." And I said, what's stopping you? And she said, well, I don't, my memory's not very good and my capacity to focus isn't very good and, and I'm 60 and, and I go, that's just bullshit thinking. I mean, that's just bullshit thinking. Knock it off. That's just all excuses. Those are, those are conditions that prevent you from doing something that you know that you would love. And I said, what? And I and I and she said, well, what do you think I should do to get started? I said, well, I don't think I think it might be unrealistic for you to think, pick up a book and and finish a book. Why don't you Why don't you just start off with some daily, a daily reading that's just like one page every day. 
and see if you could really focus on having it be meaningful for you, but be consistent about doing it every day. In fact, if you want to, maybe you could read it in the morning and in the evening just to make sure that you're getting better at it. And she looked at me and she said, I, yeah, I can, I can do that. And I said, don't, don't bite off more than you. I had another woman come into my office and she said, oh, she said, I used to meditate for 20 minutes every day. I'm going to get back to that practice. I said, no, no, you're not. Mm. Yeah, because that's Knock that's like off. telling it, a runner, a I haven't lead. ran, I haven't, I haven't gone on a run in four years, and and then starting yeah. at a marathon. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Why yeah. don't we and, work and our I way said, back there's up? A reason, mm. I said, there's a reason that you're not doing it anymore. Mm. <laughs> it was probably more than you could. That's handle. beautiful. I love that. And, right. And so, why don't you do what you can do and not what you can't? Mm. And and so I said, why don't you start off with five minutes a day and let that be enough? Mm. Mm. Yeah. And so all that kind of stuff, that's that's learning from the great masters. Mm. That's what the great masters would tell us to mm. do. It's like, be a beginner. Start over again. Begin again. Yeah. Well, and if you read the the actual stories of a lot of these great thinkers and stuff, you'll realize that like none of them came out of the box holier than thou. Oh. And like <laughs> a lot of them have oh. really messed up histories, stories, and that continues. Like I, a lot of the wisest people I know are some of the most anxious people I know. You know, it, it's, yeah, they, it, they still they mental... feel everything. We don't ever get out of the stage of feeling everything. And I think that that's something I always thought would happen if I reached a certain level of wisdom or a certain number of years of sobriety, whatever it might be. Maybe I won't have to feel the feelings anymore. <laughs> Maybe I'll have out thought them. No. And the truth is, no, like you just, you have a- You're going to feel all mm, of them. Mm. You're, gonna, you're not going to, it's not that you're just going to feel the uncomfortable feelings. You're just going to feel all of them. And, you know, really, I think we, we, if we really look back at some of the great thinkers and wisdom teachers in our history, a lot of them struggled with mental health yeah. and mental illness, you know, and it was, and one of the things that they did was learn how to manage mental health and mental illness issues doing the spiritual work, you know, and because they didn't have, avenues available to them uh, that we have available to us. We have so many treatments available to us. But I encourage people to go back and explore some of the original um, uh, ways of dealing with anxiety and depression because they can be of great use too. I mean, some of the, some of the, some of the stuff today is really wonderful, but um, we also have to be careful. Is it trying to help me get rid of something? Uh, because if it's only focused on getting rid of something, uh, we might want to kind of think about it a little bit because some of those things are not meant to be gotten rid of unless there's a danger to you or a pathology that might be harmful to others, certainly. But uh, some of the, you know, some of the little anxiousness and some of the depressive outlook, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, some of them can be worked with and can really allow you to have a great depth and um, it's it's been the impetus for some of the great teachings in the world. Some of the great heroes that we look up to um, are able to access that uh, inner depth um, through some of the, the, the emotional and mental pain that they had. And so it really can be a healing balm for people that might be struggling mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, I mean, as that relates to like recovery specifically in my life in the past year i've really noticed that like yeah i i thought that the more i went through this stuff the more i worked on myself and did all this stuff 
the less and less I would have to deal with things like depression, anxiety, you know, stress, all that. And like to a certain degree, it, it's it's there, but it's not it's sort of like that. Um, that used to be my boss. Right. And now I just hang out that that guy comes over for dinner every day and I have to like see him and I have to deal with him. But he's not controlling anything and he's not running the show. And that that really is a huge, huge marked difference. <laughs> and I love what you said about Isn't that, yeah, 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 go for it. Yeah, that's gigantic. That's gigantic. Mm. I mean, that's basically what Buddhism was built mm. on. It's mm. like, how am I relating to my thoughts and 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 so forth? Um, because we are still gonna have I mean, life still goes on. Right, and, right. And yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's the point, right? And I, yeah, and I think that like you're right in the fact that some of our anxieties and those those darker shadow parts of ourselves really do craft the good parts of ourselves. They're the reason people want to be around us. They're the reason we get jobs. They're the reason we become successful. It, it's that shadow side that really plays into that. It's just that like for a lot of us, the shadow side can eclipse <laughs> the other side for a you know for a vast majority of us, and that's where it becomes a problem. But it, it's it's still a part of you and it's not something that needs to be looked at as like a awful, like evil thing that needs to be put to death. It's something that just was used in the wrong way. It's like you were using the wrong tool for the wrong job. We just had to put that tool back in the toolbox and find its right place. <laughs> that's the, that's the whole goal. Hmm. And that's, I think that's why a lot of the great wisdom teachings, if we really pick up some books and read about them, they are talking about how to deal with exactly hmm. what we're, struggling with yeah they're not talking about you know making money right or you know how do i how do i bump up my bank right. account or something like right. that uh the great spiritual wisdom thinkers are talking about how to navigate the emotional ups and downs that, are, that we deal with on a daily basis that are already inside of us and i love it. i was just reading um mm -hmm. Thich Nhat han earlier this morning and it was that he has a story about he says that there's a monk who goes and paddles out in a canoe uh, to like the middle of the lake and then, you know, just like to meditate and to be alone. And uh, and he starts to meditate and all of a sudden he's interrupted by another boat that smacks into him and he's all angry and he's pissed off and he's going to find the owner of this boat. And then what he realizes is like, it's just an empty boat that had just been floating. There's no one, there's no one in the boat. <laughs> and then he realizes like, oh, when I feel anger, that anger is inside of me. And the only difference is I'm letting that boat dictate the anger and pull it out now i just know exactly. when i get angry that's just an angry that's just an empty boat right it's not a <laughs> it's not a real thing i'm, mm. I'm in charge of my feelings mm. you know and nobody can make me angry unless i let that happen yeah yeah and how often do we let I mean, other people dictate the way we feel i mean yeah. and when we when we go into a room and we get irritated by somebody else mm. or we get irritated by somebody's constant behavior I'm, they're just doing their shit. That's right. I, I'm the one that's adding the irritation. Mm. Mm. Their, their behavior is not inherently irritating. It's just their behavior. Right. Right. That, I'm, the, I'm the one adding the that's irritation. That's right. I'm the one getting angry and all worked up about it and adding <laughs> another layer of just like danger. <laughs> like, like, and I think that that's, uh, that's a human problem, right? Like we're all doing that mm -hmm. to each other and it just creates this giant sort of feedback mess. And the people that break that up are those that choose to lean into it and go, oh yeah, okay, mm -hmm. let's really work on what's inside of me that's responding to that rather than let's try and fix everything exactly. else that's going on. And I, yeah, I think a vast majority of what's in the news cycle right now and what we're all upset about and, and all crazy about is a perfect example of like, 
I don't think that me posting on Instagram is going to change anything to do with the powers in this world. <laughs> I just don't. I'm sorry. I wish it worked like that. I've, I've, I've done some posts and some things that have had it some real it serious doesn't. traction. And I got to tell you, it doesn't. <laughs> I, and the, the whole deal is, okay, but yeah, but what do I do with that information? Like, what do I do when I read the news and it's that that's come through the pipeline? Like, what am I responsible for? And I'm responsible for the way that I respond to it, the way that I use it and utilize it. And with that, if we could all make that shift, I can't imagine what could change and what could actually move forward rather than all of us just reacting and getting angry and, and being awful to each other. We could actually have a perspective that's what do I what what can right. I do about it? You know, mm -hmm. a lot of times our our way of making changes is being uh, in the particularly in the world is being is being an attractive example of, of, of slowing down and having and having proper thinking uh, because then we, then we attract other people to us. When we go out into the world and we're spewing and spitting and venomous, um, other people will see us as crazy and they'll step away. They won't follow our ideas. They're not interested in following somebody who's off the handle. They want a grounded being. And so the best thing that we could do to make the changes in the world that we want is to be, is to be as grounded as possible. And to have those logical conversations and come from a place of insight. And to me, I think that's the example that some of the great wisdom thinkers, one of the things that uh, Mahatma Gandhi would always, they talked about with Mahatma Gandhi when he was defending the um, uh, Indi India from the invasion of the British Empire was that he would sit in his tent waiting for direction. He would sit quietly in his tent waiting for direction. And he, he would spend one entire day a week in absolute silence. And yeah, one entire day a week in absolute silence. And so when the British were approaching the Indian army and they were getting closer and closer and closer, the Indian army, all, they kept running into his tent and go, what do we do? What do we do? I'm waiting to hear. I'm waiting to hear. Yeah, but it's evening and they're, getting closer and closer, but what do we do? What do we do? I'm still waiting to hear. And it basically, it was ultimately their inaction that caused them to win the war. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Without, without reacting. Not that that would apply to everything that we have going on in our lives, but I mean, it's an example of of almost taking contrary action, you know, that it would be obvious for us to get all heated and activated because we really disagree with something that's going on or we're in opposition to it. And sometimes maybe, you know, and I think everybody could explore this and see if it feels right, but sometimes it's that inaction, voicing our opinion logically, methodically, and having insight, kind of studying what I always tell people is, you know, when they come into my office and they're all heated about stuff, it's like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know what? Go out and gather the data. Gather, gather the data. Do the research. Read what you need to read. Make yourself as informed as possible. Gather the information and make an insightful choice from having gathered information that nobody else is taking time to gather.
I mean, it's true. I see that going on in the world today. People, it's like, go read. The, well, and that's everything. a that's a huge, that's a huge thing for people to kind of wrap their heads around too. Because I think it, it's a step further than just like I think a lot of us will watch the news, or even worse, we'll we'll just scroll through our social media, and that's what we're reacting to. We have we don't really have the full picture. We have this really narrow little like <laughs> splinter of what it is. And yeah, we're going to react to that. That's what it's designed to do. We're, we're, it, they want those eyeballs on it, so they want that gut reaction. But the truth is like, okay, well, what's what's really going on? And study and actually like engaging with that is a huge, huge thing that you can, I mean, imagine if you walked into a space with all of the, all of the knowledge of the situation rather than like <laughs> this much, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it and it's it's possible that you go back and read up yeah. about it and gather the data and still have the same opinion. Absolutely. But the different the difference is that you'll be coming from a place of having the knowledge. You you have the you have a you have a, you have justification for your opinion because you've gathered the data, you gained the insight, and you come from a logical place. And so when you're able to kind of rather than just have a reaction without having gathered or read whatever you need to read. You come in with a sense of confidence and a sense of calm because you understand the complex complexities of the situation rather than just having a gut reaction yeah. to something that doesn't feel right. Yeah, and I, I that that works on so many different levels. But the the one I can think of right off the top of my head is that uh, there was this there's this light that has been coming on in my car that has caused me so much stress and anxiety. It's not a check engine light. It's like one of those weird symbols that'll pop up. And I just know when one of those pops up, there's this impending feeling of doom in me that just says like, I'm about to have to pay a bunch of money, right? Like I'm just like, Oh God, here we go. And, uh, and I've been driving around with this thing for like weeks now. Like I, I haven't fixed it. I don't have, I have no knowledge as to what it is. Haven't Googled it. I'm just driving around. It'll beep really loudly in the car when I get in and I just like get past it. And then I'm the whole drive. I'm literally, I'm holding this stress and this tension of like something's wrong here and at any moment the car could blow up or I'm gonna have to pay thousands of dollars to fix this I finally took it in and the mechanic took a look at it and and went oh well you know what's happened is like over the last like you know years or whatever of having this car uh do you do you go into parking garages a lot and I was like yeah I used to I used to work and I have to park in a parking garage every day and he's like did you have to put a little pamphlet on the top of your dash and I went yeah 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 and he goes, okay, yeah, there's like there's like 50 pieces of paper jammed in between your dashboard and the wiring that's on the thing. And that's what was causing this crazy beeping thing and this thing to come up. Oh, and so wow, he just reached in crazy. and he grabbed this huge clump of paper out and he threw it away. And he was like, I'm not going to charge you for that. And like we laughed and I was like, oh my God. But like the the anxiety was all based on like, I don't know what this is. It was just an unknown. Antis and and anticipated. And my worst. brain can find the worst, right? It can go to like all sorts of terrible, terrible places without the proper knowledge. But actually going to someone who knew what they were talking about, they were able to not only quell my anxiety, but actually point out what's really going on and what a gift that is. And that's yeah, that's the learning thing. It's like go to somebody who knows. Go to somebody who knows. And there are people who know all around you. For different things yeah go, go to yeah and it, it may be the car it could be something on tv it could be political it could be health reasons we we get sick we go to a doctor right we gather the information we and if we don't like what we're hearing we go to a second opinion mm. that's it
And so gather the data, gather the knowledge, be a learner. Be a learner. I love that. 